0: Find us on Twitter at SuperFlexShow, and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex. On the SuperFlex Super Show. Hey, welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. It is the Super Bowl. Literally today I'm recording a podcast on Super Bowl Day because What am I going to do, watch? Uh, So I know the burning question in all your all's minds is, who am I, obviously you would care, supporting in the Super Bowl? And the answer is, uh, I'm supporting the players. Somehow I hope all the players win and the teams lose. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about values, that off-season grind, so we're tearing down the process, making sure it all makes sense. I had some interesting questions uh, come up uh, that I read from other people and... Uh, got from other people, specifically about picks versus, you know, more veteran players at the wide receiver position. And so I tore my process apart, just basically how I think about it on Twitter in a Twitter thread, and I'm going to break that down for you, where I'm at and what adjusting means. And if a top four rookie pick is worth someone like Stefan Diggs, for me, right now, this year... Let's go. Do you have the time
1: to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and nerds. some on at once. I am one of those skeptical of status quo. into to the bone, no doubt about it.
0: Sometimes I grind my exhale
1: sheet. Time's for cold water on heat. When the mass not adding up, you said I'm checking it out. I'm just wildly working to the ground.
0: So there was a French revolutionary politician, I forget, called Alexander Alexander... Roland? Alexander? Something like that. I don't know, not where you expected the podcast to start. um. But the reason I remember him is because there's a quote attributed to him that says something like, I must find out where my people are going so I can lead them. And honestly don't know if he meant it as a joke or if he was demonstrating what bad leadership looks like. Don't Don't know the context, I just remember it from some distant memory. Uh, Sitting in a history class somewhere, bored out my mind, probably because it was French revolutionary talk. Um, But, I always found the quote interesting. Why am I starting off here? No one cares. Because I find a lot of people do it with value. Um, I know, I've tried to come up with a better metaphor, like waiting in line at the grocery store and there's all sorts of different lines and you have to pick your queue and bet which one's going to move quicker. Or, you know, surfing and value is like trying to surf a wave and if you get washed under it, you have to get back up and get the next wave. But honestly, I don't know anything about those things, apart from grocery shopping, I guess. But the the grocery shopping metaphor is way too tortured. And I don't want to do it right now. And so this is a quote that occurs to me. I find myself and a lot of people try to chase value. Like um, you got something wrong. So you adjust and you try to get ahead of the wave or get ahead of the shopping queue line thing or get ahead of your people so that you can lead value where it's going. But that's bad. And... one of the most important things I think in Dynasty and slowly learning, especially if you want to incorporate trading into your Dynasty toolkit or whatever, is learning not just to adjust, but to adjust accurately and quicker than everyone else. This is something um, that I've really started to work on. I, obviously, when you start to look for it, you kind of find it everywhere. Um, after doing that research on wide receivers who fall by more than around in ADP in the off season are a 94% fail rate. It doesn't matter if they're drafted in the first round of the NFL draft or the third round or anywhere. Just looking at them as a holistic group, it's basically just Tyler Boyd that ADP got wrong. And ADP sucks. ADP's got like a 50% hit rate, and we're trying to do a little bit better than that generally. But in terms of rookie players that we fade as a group in DLF ADP, we're pretty much one for one. If we drop them by a round or more in ADP, they, they continue to suck full fantasy. You know, Ted Jinn had a great career, not a great fantasy career kind of logic. So, wh- where was I? Oh, yeah. I find a lot of people just think the opposite of what they thought before, and they find that to be an adjustment when I don't think that's an accurate way of going about trying to adjust accurately and quickly. For example, Terrence Marshall. Like, you can't out didn't like Terence Marshall me. I got mocked literally by everyone <laughs> for just suggesting that he was a weaker profile than a lot of people thought. Most people thought people who are a lot better at Dynasty and Fantasy and Analytics and everything than me, I'm not trying to say, look, I'm better than everyone because I got one right. I got uh, Jalen Waddle wrong in my ranks, okay? But I'm using him as an example. If you adjust his value down appropriately, right now he's worth basically a third round pick, but a third round pick is worth almost nothing, and I think a third round pick is never going to trade one for one for a second round pick, but... Terence Marshall could catch a touchdown, get some good camp buzz, or just confound expectations. He's dropped by way more than around in ADP, and do something like he did at the start of his first year, where he gets a 20% target share, and suddenly there's someone in your league willing to trade a second for him because the potential has risen. That, to me, is an accurate adjustment, and I didn't even have to adjust. I have to adjust up to value Terence Marshall as worth more than a third. So adjusting isn't about thinking the opposite of what you thought. It's admitting that something in what you thought was wrong. And so adjusting to what someone else thought who was more accurate. And in this case, it would be me. Okay, I got one right. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. So you have to adjust to somewhere where I'm at. If you want to get on the train, on the curve that so far has been ahead. I find myself doing this a lot. In Dynasty, by the way, this isn't... Inc- again, it's not calling out anyone who thinks Terence Marshall isn't worth No, I don't think he is. I just think there's more chance that his value rises above a third than a simple third-round pick. I don't think I can do much with that in trade. If you can, then your mileage will vary, obviously. But... That's that's how I go about it, or that's how I think about adjusting. And I find a lot of over-adjusting to try and catch up and be the one who's actually smart and therefore leading the crowd. It's like, no, I was just wrong. I don't want to get ahead of the curve where the people who are right on this are now. That's where I want to be, not pretending I was leading it here. So that's a thought on adjusting and value as well. And I think it's kind of relevant to this conversation. Um, In a DM thread, we were talking about whether Stefan Diggs or Cooper Kerpel were worth a top four rookie pick this year. So pick one, two, three, and four. They were specifically talking about Superflex, and it was in a much larger trade. And so I'm just isolating different aspects of it. And, And while they were talking, like, People were genuinely better, and especially at value in trading or dynasty in general, than me were talking about it. I, well, one of my takeaways were it was fair to value Stefan Diggs, who's amazing, and Cooper Cup as a top four rookie pick. And to me, in my dumb head, I was like, one pick, like one mystery box for Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs seemed ludicrous. But you know, adjusting to where the smart pe- the people I consider smart and good at this were, I was like, well, a top four pick on average is different than just a generic first round pick, right? And uh, run- the running back one in every draft class is basically guaranteed a top 24 season. Damn you, Rashad Penny. And even the top wide receiver, while it's less of a hit rate because we have had some missteps, and the wide receiver one in DLF ADP generally... The wide receiver one hits two. And the running back two hits well. The top the very top ranks in running back are pretty secure. And wide receiver is a pretty good bet they hold value. And if you include Superflex in there, yeah, the quarterbacks, whether they have good, bad, or don't play <laughs> in their first year, they tend to at least hold value. Um, veteran value especially when you're getting up to the age levels in dynasty where we hate age of cup and digs their value is much more prone to change but looking at ADP right now you see Devonte Adams and you see uh, Tyreek Hill and you see uh, other players there's about three or four right now over the age of safely over the age of 26 in their seven eight ninth career year who are still being valued in the top 12 of dynasty ADP so we also know it can be held right so time to tear the process down do I think a top four rookie pick super flex or not just in general one of those high level picks in a a random rookie draft and then apply it to this year worth like a top 12 wide receiver veteran who is old and so his value is probably going to tank even if they maintain that uh, top 12 dynasty ADP because hell it's Devaney Adams of course he does And so what I ended up doing is retweeting it and going through it. What I did is I took a snapshot of last year's ADP with top 12 players and took a look at kind of the journey of the top rookies from the 2021 class and those veterans from last year in the first round, basically. Now, it's just a snapshot, and it's just last year, and 2021 is a really good rookie class, so I think all of that... Um, needs to be mentioned because obviously not every year is 2021 rookies, and not every year is 2021 in terms of what the veterans did either. It's just a ra- it's not a random. It's literally the last example I have to kind of put some names on my thought process to see if it still works and see if I can convince you of it, or if you have other thoughts, please let me know. Like I'm, I'm definitely breaking it down, trying to readjust, find something that might not be right. <laughs> in my process, uh, and improve it. But this is what I tend to think of that kind of exercise. So, obviously, it's easier if you can see the ADP and stuff, but I'm going to try and describe it to you. Why not? So last year, Hopkins and Diggs were both top 12 rookie picks, especially at the wide receiver position, entering this veteran area right now where Cups and Diggs and uh, uh, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, exists. this year. But what happened to those top-round rookie picks? And so the players I pulled up were literally Jamar Chase and Najee Harris and Travis Etienne and Javante Williams and Jalen Waddell and Terrence Marshall and Rondell Moore. So you've got a range of outcomes even last year, right? Um, And then, just because obviously I'm fallible, the way I like to approach trying to figure out which was the better bet, is to kind of put it in what I, I think it's a game theory table, okay? But I'm not a game theory expert. But essentially what I do is I divide it into potential outcomes. And so the veteran, like a Stefan Degas or a Cooper Cup, could be really good next year. They could be mediocre next year, or they could be bad. And the rookie could be a good rookie. He could have a good rookie season, an amazing rookie season like Jamar Chase, or just a good one like Rondo Moore, Michelle Bateman this year. Um, or they could have a mediocre year. Rondo Moore probably more fits in the mediocre. Um, or they could have a bad season like a Terrence, Terrence Marshall season and um, and what are the potential outcomes just dividing both the veteran and the rookie into those three outcomes and essentially and I was surprised like I lean veteran I think it's very obvious I'm team old guy all the time and trade for Michael Thomas right now by the way do that but just taking a cold game theory I think look at it the rookie wins more times in more of those potential outcomes than the veteran. If the rookie has a good season and the veteran has a good season, the rookie is probably was probably the better pick or the better trade candidate this time last year, because that would be someone like I don't know uh, looking at last year's ADP uh, Stefan Diggs had a good year this year and he's still drafted in the second round. But Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle both jumped into the first round with him. And I think it's fair to say you can't get, no one's trading Chase for Diggs and, um, or, um, who's the other guy I literally just mentioned? Tyree Kill what the hell I'm throwing another one out there I don't think anyone's doing it one to one would they do it with Waddle maybe but it's unlikely especially in Dynasty I think it's fair to say if both do well in their rookie season does well and the veteran does well that the rookie probably wins that value calculation this time next offseason, right? It's harder to trade Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle um, for Stefan Diggs or um, Tyree Kill because everyone knows they're good and good so young and age has value, even if they en- both end up in the first round. Or even if um someone like, uh, I don't have an example from last year. Dang it, we don't have any of those middle-of-the-roads but yeah, Jalen Waddle's drafted in the second round right now. Jamal Chase is drafted in the first round. Stefan Diggs is drafted in the second round. So would you trade Stefan Diggs for Jalen Waddle right now? I think most people would find that a fairly equal bet, right? Jalen Waddle's ADP right now is, uh, or last year was 68.3. Stefan Diggs was 17.2. And both have now come down very close together and Jane Waddles younger and just had an amazing rookie year where Stephen Diggs just had another good veteran year and so I think the rookie wins in that scenario I'm not going to break down each of the potential outcomes but out of uh, you know three six out of the nine potential outcomes between good bad and mediocre, the rookie wins or has more value or is a better asset to have this time next year in three, four, five, six of those nine potential outcomes. So it's, you know, 75% of the potential outcomes, the rookie has more value or is a better rosterable asset in value this time next year. Now, where the veteran wins is if the rookie has a bad year, Terrence Marshall-esque, and the veteran has a good year. Yeah, that's the veteran wins. But if the rookie has a mediocre year, Say Rondo Moore, and the veteran has a good year. I think it's kind of a push now. My example from this, from the last year's this or last year's class, is Rondo Moore has actually moved up in value. He was being drafted in the eighth round. He's now being drafted in the seventh round, which means I'm strongly in on Rondo Moore again. Um, but a veteran who said ha- would I would say had a mediocre year is someone like DeAndre Hopkins. He didn't do badly, didn't do good. He was available for half the year. He definitely didn't get back into the top 12 where I hoped he could get. He's dropped to the fifth round. Now, Rondell Moore with a mediocre year and DeAndre Hopkins with a mediocre veteran year. Hopkins is now being drafted in the fifth round. Deon- Rondell Moore is being drafted in the seventh round. And yet, who would I rather roster right now in a vacuum? It's the young player whose value could be continue to go up especially based on his performance in 2022 right as far as value goes i think it's pretty clear, clear if both have mediocre years the rookie is a better rosterable asset this time next year now if the veteran has a good year say stefan diggs who's still being drafted in the second round and the rookie has a mediocre year say ronda moore being drafted in the seventh yeah the the veteran won but at this point right now, in a vacuum, you don't know if your team's good or bad. Who would you rather have in your roster if you were looking to trade them? So the value, Stefan Diggs or Rondo Moore? Probably still Diggs, but it's kind of a push because Rondell Moore or, or Rashad Bateman, same story, had a mediocre year. Just in case you hate Rondo Moore, like who would you rather roster right now? I think in Dynasty, we'd be kind of torn in a vacuum. Now, if your team's great, you prefer digs. If it's terrible, you probably prefer the rookie. There are ways we can make that decision. But I think it's fair to say, or in my estimation, that's kind of a push. If the veteran does good and the rookie is mediocre, I think it's a push this next year. Now, if the rookie does bad and the veteran is mediocre, what's my example for that? Uh Terrence Marshall wasn't mediocre. He was bad. Um, Okay, Ronda Moore and Rashad Bateman, again, they're the mediocre examples. Um, But the veteran also does mediocre, say Hopkins. Oh, yeah, I already did that one. Yeah, I I think the rookie clearly wins in value, but you could also say it's a push. Like, would you trade Hopkins for Moore or Bateman right now? According to ADP, you wouldn't, because most people are drafting Hopkins two rounds above in January, apparently. But I think if you ask most people on Twitter, they would value that rookie more. And in your league, I think it's fair to say that it would be a push in value. And it would come down to team situation again. Outside of those three outcomes, the rookie is the better rosterable asset this time next year. Now, you can agree, disagree on all of those outcomes. But I tried to be as objective as I could when thinking... Who would be the better roster or asset in value this time next year based on these, you know, nine potential outcomes of what happens during the season? So that's my process. Of course, the next question is, what if we're not looking at value? And I think that's where I'm always talking about Team Old Guy, right? But it's very situation and league dependent, um, and you do have to accept there's a declining value in veterans. But if we switch it from value to points, I think the veteran wins more times out of nine. However, it's not as much as the rookie in terms of value. And I found five instances based on those nine potential outcomes where a veteran would be better in points compared to a rookie literally for next season. So if the veteran is good and the rookie is good, a rookie season, a good rookie season is worth less than a good veteran season. Because the veteran's top 12, the rookie gets top 24 and really goes off towards the end of the year. That's not the exceptional year of Jamar Chase, but most good rookie seasons, if they're exceptionally good, but not quite uh, the the generational uh, season of Stefan Diggs or even Jalen Waddle. I mean, Jalen Waddle would be a good example, actually. That's a good rookie season. But he came on towards the end of the year. Who was better to roster last year, Stefan Diggs or Jalen Waddle, in terms of points? It was probably Stefan Diggs, right? Um, So... Five of those nine potential outcomes, so I don't have to read around them. The veteran was a better player to roster the the actual in the actual year for points. Um, there's a push for a good rookie season and a mediocre veteran season. That's uh, Hopkins and uh, Rondell Mooring in, and then the rookie wins if the veteran has a bad year, which is obviously where we're getting towards that value table again. When obviously the rookie um ends up being the better rosterable asset if the veteran has a bad year which could just be Michael Thomas by the way just not playing because of an injury or a air quotes injury because he doesn't want to play for the team right now Alan Robinson for example then the rookie wins all of those instances whether it's performance based injury based or skipping the season for one reason or another the rookie is a better rosterable asset this time next year has more that. Va- value and also is gonna score more points and so rookie wins in all those instances. So it's not a 75 25 split with 25 with two of those outcomes and the 25% basically being a push. Instead it's a 60 40 split and one of those 40 40 s 40% split being a push. Now again I'm not sure how much sense this is making f- describing a table. So essentially, to sum it all up, in value, the rookie wins 75% of the outcomes. In 75% of the potential outcomes, the rookie is a better rosterable asset this time next year. And and the veteran is only a better rosterable asset this time next year in terms of value, 15 to 25% of the time. In terms of points, the veteran is a better rosterable asset in season, about... 50% 50% of the time, the rookie is a better roster asset in season, about 30% of the potential outcomes. And there's one year that's a push, 10%. All right. So what does that mean? Trade for Michael Thomas? Yes, because he's dropped significantly in ADP, and that's kind of crazy. And also trade for Rondon Moore because he's risen in ADP, but not significantly enough to scare me off. And also I'm borrowing the group consensus that he's not an ultimate bust, Based on that, you know, 94% um, hit rate. So it. So. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I made some extra notes. Um, of course, uh, one of the challenges of 2022 is is a top four rookie player the same as an average top four rookie player? Because what we're comparing them here is, isn't just, you know, rookie picks in general, it's very valuable players that we like a lot in a particular rookie draft. It's Jalen Waddle drafted very highly, um, Najee Harris, if you include the running backs, which we definitely should with those early picks, Travis Etienne, maintained value, by the way, so he ended up being a better player to roster this time last year, than some veteran wide receivers like Michael Thomas, like Alan Robinson, like DeAndre Hopkins, and so on and so forth. Um, but this year, I think we feel a little less confident about the top three, four players in the rookie draft. Overall, I can't adjust for that too much because it's way before the NFL draft, but I do think it's worth knowing. Um, now, when you include Superflex in this, obviously the, the the top four pick gets even stronger versus a veteran wide receiver or a veteran, even a, especially a veteran running back. Um, and another f- aspect of this is uh, a pick is more tradable than a player, and I'm not incorporating that a lot because a lot of players that are very good at training, and that's already a strong aspect of their game, they're able to adjust well enough and quickly enough that they can continually be churning players on their roster for more valuable players and through trade i'm not a strong trader and so i don't have that strongly incorporated into my process right here because a pick tends to be more valuable to more people in most leagues and so there is an aspect of tradability that i'm not including those range of outcomes i think that's worth noticing but Alright, here's my conclusion. Is a fourth round pick worth more than a top twelve wide receiver who's twenty eight years or over in his eighth, ninth career year, like a Devontae Adams or Stefan Diggs or a Cooper Cup? Yeah, yeah. I just don't do it a lot. So partly because of that tradability aspect isn't a strong aspect of my personal way of playing Dynasty, and so I don't have access to a large reason why a top four rookie pick is worth these good players. Now, the other element of this is there is no holistic answer because we're answering all of this in a vacuum. If your team is a contender, if your team is strongly struggling, if your league is trade hesitant or trade happy, all of these things matter for whether that pick is a good idea for you to trade for or to trade away for a veteran. And um, In a vacuum uh, does not necessarily answer the question in your particular situation, but hopefully the vacuum answer, the the if all things being equal answer, helps you think about whether you should or you shouldn't, or what you should be targeting in your situation. So what do you think? Uh, The top 12 dynasty wide receivers over the age of 26, um, their value is basically a top four rookie pick. One pick because of the extra hit rate in that rookie class, and because even if they have mediocre rookie seasons, especially at running back, but even at wide receiver then they win the potential range of outcomes in terms of value 75% of the time. Rondomore is a better rosterable asset right now than a whole bunch of veterans I would have said I wanted more on my dynasty squad because I'm not scared of age and team old guy This a year later. Um, I have to incorporate that more into my process because it's very much a part of my how-to-value rookie picks process. But in terms of my trade picks or the players I want to target, when and how I want to trade for players, um, I don't think I waited enough because those first and those early rookie picks are worth significantly more and rookie players, on average, um, are going to win more of those ranges of outcomes a year later. One way of looking at this is I tend to want team old guy players the year after this. Not particularly interested in trading for Devontae Adams right now based on where his value is or Stefan Diggs or Tyree Kill. But Keenan Allen? Yeah, yeah, I like that guy a lot. Um, Allen Robinson, he's far down enough right now where he's actually a pretty interesting team old guy trade candidate. Um, I recently updated the PA Howdy ranks sheet. Not that you care or that you should, but it's something I maintain on Patreon well, on Google Sheets through Patreon, where I highlight players I am interested in targeting right now. Uh, I update it throughout the year in trades. And again, not the strongest trader, but trying to develop a better and better process. And I am able to identify players that are undervalued, at least. Uh, Being a weak trader doesn't mean I don't know who to trade for. Um, And at wide receiver on Team Old Guy right now, I have Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, and Brandon Cooks. They are all valued significantly below Stefan Diggs and Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams. So I tend to like them, not the year after, because Michael Thomas is right in this range and his ADP has just dropped drastically because you all didn't see him for a year and therefore you think he's dead. But Keenan Allen just had literally another top 12 season. But because he's older and because he's actually just tended to be undervalued, um, he's the year after Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill right now. And so he's on my list. If I'm going to add a veteran uh, team old guy, it tends to be outside of this value range. Because they still keep producing, or they still can keep producing in this range. But their value seems to to adjust in an exaggerated manner in Dynasty. Because we're worried about the red circle, man. We're worried about the fact no one's going to produce points between the ages 31 and older, and so we're worried about the players who are playing ages 27, 28, 29, when they still score a lot of points. Now, those players have a first round value, but it's not a top four round value. And mostly, I'm trying to trade for those players without giving up first round picks because they're a very useful asset in Dynasty. I'm trying to make up that value with a player in a second round pick, or maybe a, 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 what a player I Believe less in and a second round pick or a younger player who's worth a first, but I believe less in than the crowd. It's not always just handing out first because we only get so many of them in general. um But that was something I want to throw into this episode as well because I'm always talking about Team Old Guy um, and I feel like I talk about it overly and yet it is part of my process and I can accept and I want to have out there for you all to hear and um, just in case I don't mention it enough that, yeah very high-value rookie picks are probably worth more than those veterans, or at least are a fair one-to-one trade, because this time next year, those veterans are probably worth about the same or less um, in more more of those potential range of outcomes than a rookie pick, Um, which is also why being fairly cautious about which rookies you value in the top four is accurate. But again, ADP is hitting... And numbers vary depending on what sample and what ADP you're using, but like a top, a first round pick hits about 25% of the time. It's terrible, but it's there, and rookies maintain value, as we were just talking about, in a variety of ways. But a top four round pick, I find closer to a 75% hit rate, Uh, especially in terms of value. This time next year, they'll be valued roughly the same as they are, or better. And I've also heard the number 66% thrown out. And Jacob Rickroads put out uh, articles a few years ago looking at this as well. So, you know, the exact number doesn't matter. It's just um, inside the top few picks, you are much more certain to get a player who's same or higher valued this time next year than just saying a generic first round pick. And we should adjust for that in trades and when considering trading veteran rookies now running backs in general i tend to be more freely willing to trade just because the offseason is such a tumultuous time specifically for the running back position where they're more prone to injury and i don't have to start a roster for the next three months wide receivers hold their value more and running back value trends tend to be increasingly becoming less valuable compared to wide receivers through the offseason, and then they tick up towards the end of the season. Now, again, that's something that's very much league-specific. Looking at that value trend of running backs, is very league-specific because in your league, the person who has Najee Harris is probably going to value him the exact same way uh, in a month, in two months, in three months. But during the rookie sea during the rookie draft season, that's why everyone says wait on the clock, you can find some flexibility in that as well. But I realize I've just gone on to an entirely separate subject, so I'm gonna I gotta back it up a little bit. Um so yeah, let me know what you think. I think uh breaking down the process into potential ranges of outcomes, because I'm def I think that's something I knew, but I didn't recognize a lot of my process. That I like team old guy. But I do admit, rookies, 75% of the time, are a better outcome a year later, especially in terms of value. Um, And where I feel like the whole Dynasty community is talking about that, I tend to never mention it. Um, But it's worth mentioning. And keeping as a known fact in your arsenal of Dynasty knowledge... While approaching trades and what to do with your teams. Anyway, let me know what you think. At PA Howdy on Twitter. I got a YouTube video just that just came out about ranking rookie running backs. And I have one coming out specifically about Jameson Williams as a wide receiver who's really hard to rank this week. Got to edit and put that out for next week. But I'm trying for four videos a week. So, you know, it be cool if you check them out. Um, or join Patreon and get in the Discord because... It's really fun, honestly. The Discord's really fun, Uh, and also, you know, it's nice to be supported. But anyway, you have a good day. Hope your Super Bowl team won. Unfortunately, I know my players aren't all going to win, so that sucks. But uh, hopefully they all have a good game anyway. Maybe we'll put it that way. Um, Yeah, take care. See you later. See you next week. This is a really long outro. I'm just gonna leave.
1: Yeah! Chicken a crow. crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play, run, fold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the place, oh. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their in lanes, but I like that. Yeah. Picking these guys all of these times, all of these nice stats. Nice. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. Dick got that eye, eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroad. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll. Twitter is gold. Play run fold. So Jake on the table and they on the players. No Peter Numa it's The plays are analytical. Chicken a crow. Chicken a crow. Crossing the road. Go. Clicking a poll. Twitter is gold. Play run fold. So Jake on the table and they on the players. No Peter Numa it's The plays are analytical.